This week's dismal attempt to make a podcast is sponsored by Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Boutique. This establishment sells only the finest new and reconditioned codpieces for men who feel that they need such things. You will find this frankly distasteful shop on the corner of Upper Ramsbottom Street and Frogstripper Lane. I've been there. It's as disgusting as it sounds. Honestly, this advert is just humiliating. Go to Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Bazaar if you need to cover your particulars. Now leave me alone and listen to this podcast. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. I am absolutely delighted to be here. Um, it's a fantastic day for podcasting because whether outside it is not one hundred percent great, but you know what, I can work with that. Uh, so we've got two guests with us today. Not one, two but guests. Two guests, twice the normal like- dose of guests. I know. I don't know what to do with this. Is it like a buy one, get one free? Always stop piling guests, Russ. Is that what we've come to now? <laughs> I will issue our guests. So it's probably a good, a good oh, next step. So we have Rick Hines. <sighs> Hello. He's here with Colin Parks. Howdy. Colin is from the band uh, Dia Morte. Have I said that correctly? Dia Dia. Dia Morte. Uh, and uh, together they are working on a D&D 5th edition campaign setting called the Red Opera, which we've mentioned Ooh. at least twice on our show already. Possibly more. Possibly more times, yeah, Possibly because more. we do really I, I like the look of it. And later in the show, we're going to dive dive right into that. But just, just a short super version super. is it's a sort of uh, campaign setting and adventure path for D&D 5th edition based primarily on warlocks and heavily inspired by uh, the, the works of your band, Colin. Is that, is that a fair yes, summary? pretty much exactly that. That's pretty much exactly that. It's a large campaign consisting of each chapter actually having actual physical music from the actual, from the Red Opera mm. album. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Super metal, suitable for any level. It's a whole city of warlocks. There's going to be a lot of politics. Oh yeah, and I know we'll get full into it later, but it's it's definitely into that uh, you know bringing wickedness to life type yeah. idea. Yeah, wow. and uh, I got to say, the, just looking at the Kickstarter of the page, the Kickstarter page is oh. one of the most um, media-rich, gorgeous oh. Kickstarter pages I've seen in a long time. Whoever's whoever's doing your Kickstarter pages, you know, with all those animated so, gifts you've got going on and all these, it's lovely. Yeah. It's, so it's, I, I, I dare say it, but that's, uh, that's David Granjo. He's uh, David Granjo and Carlos out. Uh, David's are, they're from Apotheosis Studios. David's yeah. out in France. Carlos is out in South America. Um, but it's this a small indie studio in Denver, Colorado, and mm. they do all of the art. And uh, David has like cemented himself as like, no, this is my magnus opus. I'm going to make this crazy video <laughs> and like do all of this awesome art. And it's turned out fantastic. Uh, nice. Okay, some news. Peter, you're a big fan of wilderness-type stuff in D&D, aren't you? Yes, yes, I suppose you could say that. That is one way to describe me. The wilderness pillar or the exploration pillar is one of the things that you have often said is really important and that you feel is a bit neglected in the game. 
I've I've often said that I'd like it to be in the game. Yes. Um, <laughs> strong, <laughs> like, you know, words, strong words. Strong words. Strong, strong words, but very well chosen. And like okay. you can talk to me all you like about having the amount of time that it takes to go across a hex, how that's really important to you. And I still won't care because that's not what I mean. Okay. Anyway. How would you feel if I were to tell you that Wizard of the Coast is bringing out something called a wilderness kit? I'm listening. And I'm not talking here a backpack full of, you know, ropes and items and lighter fluid. <laughs> I can uh, tell you're super into your exploration, Russ. It's like <laughs> oozing from every pore. I, I, uh, right? yeah. I was a Cub Scout. I was a Cub Scout many years you, you ago. Mean something to finally make Rangers useful? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. Like Ranger, the fight with a bow. I mean, it's a, I, I, I quite enjoy playing a Ranger, mm. but yeah, I, I hear they hear they get problematic after level 11. Oh, I, 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 heard, I, I heard fighter with a bow there. Are you sure, Ranger? Ranger? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, this so, wilderness kit yeah. uh, yeah. is a Dungeon Master's screen and wilderness kit. It's oh. coming out on November the 17th, which is the oh. same date that Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything is coming out. Okay. Yeah. And what you get is you get a Dungeon Master's screen, which has yeah. a, a load of like wilderness-based rules and tables and charts and stuff on it. Uh-huh. Uh, you get 27 cards, which you can use to track conditions Ooh. and environmental effects. Good. Uh, you get five dry arrays sheets, and these have hex maps, a food and water tracker. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure about that, but uh, I've never that, actually that, found that, anyone that enjoys tracking rations in D&D, but I guess they might be out there. I don't know. No, no, if it's part of the story, it could be a blast. Dehydration oh. is a killer condition. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I make sure people have to laugh it. They're not allowed another cup of coffee until their characters have replenished. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is horrible. That is experimental uh, gaming at its finest. <laughs> I, I think that's in breach of Geneva Convention, quite frankly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, um, it's, huh? yeah, it's coming out in November. Uh, it's basically, hmm. it's, it's not new rules, which I imagine is what you would prefer to see, Peter, but... Oh. An implementation of the existing rules and cases yeah. that you can use. I don't yeah. want like a completely new subsystem to have to learn because I'm a very lazy man, as you know, Russ. What I would <laughs> love, like is I'd like you know some ways and guidelines and just just some examples even. Yeah. I mean, the US I mean, has been hit by hurricanes and what and like wildfire, and it seems like a massive shame not to include so much exciting geography that happens to people at speed in your game. I mean, you've yeah, got Fire Tornadoes yeah. in the US. Why, yeah. is this in, why isn't this in D&D? I can't think of anything more D&D than Fire Tornado. Damn yeah. it. <laughs> well, you, get that. All, you can get that. It all comes in a nice box. Yes. Uh, it costs $24.99 and it's coming out November oh. the 17th. Same day as Tasha's Cauldron. I shall look forward to seeing more of what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it could be good. 27 yeah. is an odd number of cards. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's all the conditions, I guess. How many conditions well, are there? there's not that many, and it would be reprinted. I mean, yeah, like a lot of this, a lot of this stuff has been in or, previous stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... Yeah, it, it, it could very well be useful. I would have to see it. I haven't seen it, so... Hmm. I'm going to reserve yeah. judgment since I do. Well, st- sticking with D&D for the moment, uh, yeah, so okay. there's a Magic the Gathering set... Oh, yes, based yes. on the Forgotten Realms mm. coming out soon. Now, I've never yes, played Magic so the Gathering love- in my life, so I can't really speak intelligently mm. on this. I've never even seen yeah. a Magic the Gathering card like in uh, real life. So, 
I'm not. Have, I'm not... You, have you played Colin? It's like a. Have you played Magic the Gathering? It's a card game. The only thing I've played, which remind, which I think possibly might be that, is I used to have, play Hero Quest, <laughs> the Ooh, board game. Okay. Is Hero that, Quest is an excellent game. Was but that part of Magic the Gathering? No, not early, so much. But not early on, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a collectible card game. It's got yeah, lots yeah, of cards. Mo- quite a few of my friends yeah. play it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've not played it myself, but uh, so I, I, hear, I, I hear it's quite popular. <laughs> I, I, I read the hell out of the Ravnica setting, though. Uh, the yeah. Gables of Ravnica Guide was like my favorite book, so I yeah. played that one extensively. So, so it's interesting. So, there's been two Magic the Gathering settings brought over to D and D. So we've got Rag- yeah. Ravnica and Theros. This is the first time it's gone back the other way, isn't it? Forgotten mm. Realms going to a Magic the Gathering set. Mm. I'm. I mean, I'm sort of vaguely intrigued to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I'm mildly <laughs> curious, but I'm never going to play Magic There's the a lot of Forgotten <laughs> Realms store out there. Yes, yes there, there is. There is a lot. There is. There is a lot. There is. Yeah. yeah. All right, should we have a look? Oh, are you guys familiar with the American punk rock band Dead Milkmen? I, I can tell by their excited faces that they're just <laughs> overcome with awe. <laughs> well, even I've heard of them, and I'm not... I'm probably the least musically knowledgeable person here, and even uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, Colin, you're the you're my band member. You're supposed to be like the, the, the shoe, <laughs> and, like my ace in the all here. Uh, Why do you know everything about all music heavy produced? <laughs> God, the only, dead, the only dead milkman I know is when he doesn't deliver my bacon. <laughs> 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 well, okay, so they're an American punk yeah. rock band. Um, yes. They have decided to release a D&D adventure. Okay. Oh, it's is this the Chimera thing? Lost Tomb of the Bitchin' Chimera. Nice Ooh. theme. Yeah. So the band has been Ooh. around since like the okay. 80s. And uh, the only oh. song of theirs that I'm familiar with is one called Punk Rock Girl. But, you know, they've had, they've had quite a lot over the last, what, when's the 80s? 40 years ago? 40 years. 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's Sorry, a long time. that is a long 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 time <laughs> i wasn't aware of them in the 80s i hastened to add because i was a kid so you know sure, um, sure. yes i became aware of them later in life but, um, but, if anyway. you shovel will you stop digging i'm just asking <laughs> <laughs> anyway this this adventure is yes. being written by andrew irvin mm-hmm. and you can already get a character sheet uh, it's on Drive Through RPG. It's uh, pay what you want with a suggested price of ninety nine pence, uh, ninety nine do- uh, cents. Uh, uh-huh. And now, looking at it, that's actually been there since July. Oh. That, char- that character sheet. So they started publicising it a couple of months ago, kind of sneakily, a bit of stealth, stealth publicity. But um, stealth they, publicity. It's not. It's not the best kind, to be fair. <laughs> you really want your publicity to be really loud and obvious. <laughs> <laughs> the self stuff, it's not so good, mate. It's not so good. Anyway, I'm sorry, you were saying. <laughs> anyway, well, that's basically all there is. Uh, there's, a, there's a trailer for it. Uh, it's called The Lost Tomb of the Bitching Chimera. Uh, it's been published by a punk rock band, and it's for D&D 5th edition. Oh, so all I can oh, tell you so far. All the fans of Dead Milkman out there. I'm sort of shouting, saying, who are these people who never heard of the Dead Milkman? Well, look, if Wendy's can do it, if Wendy's can write uh, an RPG, why can't the Dead Milkman? It, it's not the comparison I would reach for, saying like a, <laughs> any band, any, like considering the guests that we have on us, saying any band produced uh, RPG is like a Wendy's thing. 
it's a bit controversial right now. Well, so I mean, you know, uh, what, uh, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Um, York, York Borg, uh, you know, yeah, very well um, received. Switch yeah. game. Yeah. 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 Fre- Award winning. Freaking impact. awesome. Yes. Very, uh, very I, pretty I, RPG. Yeah. So yeah, well, I think uh, I think there should be a new rule. Every band should have to release an RPG now. I think that should be the rule from now on. That is now the rule. If you're in a band, you have to release an RPG. Done. Oh, We're okay with this rule. <laughs> you're, you're ahead of the curve. You're fine. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a brilliant plan. I mean, it will certainly address the fact that there's just there's just such a scarcity of RPGs out there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I think I, I think I worked out once that uh, RPGs come out at more than one a day now. Oh if yeah. You count, if you count everything, if you count all the indie stuff on itch.io and like Drive yeah, RPG and stuff, there's so, so many. Yeah. So yeah. even if you played an, a new RPG every single day of your life, the list of RPGs you hadn't played would still continue to get longer. Yep. Which is sort of nice. Oh, I've, yeah, I've certainly good. seen it moving across social media, like. Maybe last five years, people that would just mm. be looking at computer game RPGs. I'm starting to see things on my timelines and on my social media platforms of people painting characters, getting cards, playing tabletop games. And it does does seem to be the sphere of influence is growing. I can see that. Yeah. I'm not even an RPG gamer on tabletop stuff. Next bit of news. So DD <laughs> Celebration, which is their big uh, online event. Which is, you know, like uh, DC have had their fandom event in the last couple of weeks, and uh, Comic Con yeah, yeah. was online, and mm-hmm. you know, everyone's moving conventions online. And you can, so, this is Wizards of the Coast's own one, which they're putting together for DD. Mm-hmm. So, it's running 18th to 20th of September, mm-hmm. and they have just, as in yesterday, posted the schedule for it. So, it's mm-hmm. a three day thing, it's got live games, it's got panels. Inside looks at upcoming products like Wine um, of the Frost Maiden and Tasha's Cauldron. So it's, it's got okay. all the sort of okay. stuff you would expect at an event yeah, like this. Yeah, what I did think was interesting about it, because apart mm. from all the stuff that you'd expect to see, um, mm. they've mm. got a couple of... Uh, so you remember Daniel Kwan was talking about D&D and Oriental Adventures and the problematic elements of that. Mm. And yeah. he was being he was being quite you know he had he had a big blog post about it I think and he was on Twitter and he was, he was talking about it a lot and uh, there is a panel uh, which he's moderating all mm. about incorporating Asian history and storylines into your games, mm. which I think is really interesting because it was only yeah. like two weeks ago he was he seemed to be at odds with Wizards of the Ghost mm. and now he's hosting a panel for them so I'm guessing they reached out to him after. Oh. That. That's a that's a good way to to have that conversation though. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, to go actually do it. I, I've story told or played in a ton mm. of Legend of the Five Rings, so mm. um, you know, I remember mm. when it went from AEG to Wizards uh, yeah. for you know Oriental Adventures and then back to Fantasy Flights, and now off to somebody else, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a good topic of conversation to actually have, and I'm actually going to tune into that panel. That sounds good. It does sound interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, this, this, that, that panel is uh, called Weaving Asian Stories. Ooh. But that's not the only one. So we've also got uh, Inclusive Dungeon Design for the Intrepid Adventurer. Okay. Uh, and this panel, do you, you remember the Combat Wheelchair? that was all over Twitter in the last few oh, weeks. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, from started out from, I think, Legend Lore. Um, yeah. uh, their, their Kickstarter that uh, Onyx Path was doing, they had the combat wheelchair featured front and center. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and it, that it blew up from there. 
Yeah, so the combat wheelchair was designed by Sarah Thompson. Yes, who uh, is now working for Red Scar Publishing, I think. Uh, and a whole bunch of companies. Yes. Uh, I, I um, think uh, after, after um, all of that uh, happened on Twitter and uh, the, the combat wheelchair became very, very popular and divisive with some corners of dark corners of the internet. Uh, well, absolutely. As, as, as always Giant happens. flying lizards that breathe fire. Sure, why not? Robots walking around that can talk to people. Yeah, why not? Somebody in a wheelchair doing something? Yeah. Never. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you even looking at what you're doing here? Are you? Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, so uh, she's one of the people on this panel. Yes. Amongst so. with, um, uh, along with others. So this is, this is a panel uh, which is just, just about designing your games, it looks like, uh, and making it inclusive uh, and accessible oh. to, 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 to all different types of people. Yeah. And there was one other. What was the other one? Oh, yeah, there's a mental health, uh, mental health uh, awareness one as well. Mm. So this was Invisible Dragons Designing Mental Health Adventures. Mm. And uh, this is uh, moderated um, by Raphael Dr. B. Bocamazo, whose name I am sure I have mispronounced. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Because that's just what I do. I mispronounce people's names. It's, it's become a thing now. It's like if, <laughs> it has become a thing, yeah. If Joe Manganiello um, offered to come on the show and, like, you know, you'd be obliged to mispronounce his name at him. Yeah. So uh, this is a crew of mental health experts and yes. advocates, and they speed build the structure for a mental health-themed adventure. Okay. Which could be interesting. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, it's funny that they, you know, that's, I think maybe because uh, uh, a lot of uh, D&D games are now starting to get into that aspect mm. where you're doing more role-play and character development and different mm. kinds of, like, ethereal horrors and things like that. And if you ever want to storytell horror, uh, mental health mm. has to, you know, tie directly into that, both for your mm. players and also the way to get under your char- their character's skins <laughs> and, like, still have that division. Yeah. In, mm. like... Uh, there's tons of other game lines from the Cthulhu, mm. White Wolf, you know, Wraith the Oblivion, like oh. the White Wolf game back in the day, uh, you know, Delta Green, that have dealt with that kind of topic for oh. for years now. Yeah, um, I mean, it's even coming over into the mainstream um, gaming, PC gaming, console gaming, because you've got one called uh, mm. Hellblade Shenoir Sacrifice, which is a very, yeah, yes. very clever game, and that's all about sort of mm. psychosis and stuff. And it's yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I think, those, I think it's one of those things that, um, when you're the the sort of leading producer in the hobby, mm. you're the, the most visible game in the hobby. It's kind of incumbent on you to take on some of that yep. responsibility and that load yeah. because you're whether you want to or not, you're going to be setting the trends for everybody else. That's just how it works. Mm. So if you are if you are the person if you are the company that's you know at the forefront of the hobby and you're the you're the company that's bringing in most of the new players. No, it, it, it's, 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 it's 100% great because if you are coming into this game and you're ever storytelling horror or doing aberrations or like creepy beholders and things mm. like that, a mm. panel like that, uh, because there's a lot of boundaries to know and learn about how to storytell horror, understand how to build that up, the mental health mm. with that, and... Uh, even with a mental health adventure of, of having anxiety, nervousness, fear, uh, mm. you know, like there's there's a ton that can be talked about into that conversation. And it yeah. is a, it has the potential to be a critically awesome storyteller panel to learn what to because, you know, the biggest company oh. is incumbent to talk about this. And yeah. also the storytellers that watch that you're the guardians of your table. Right. And so, you know, you can 
there's there's a lot there. I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm glad to see that one too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly sounds like a quite a lot of very interesting panels and uh, I don't normally watch this sort of thing, but I might well tune in to have a look at that because that seems like a very relevant. Yeah. Also, there's a whole bunch of other panels as well. Mm. Um, you've got panels on various products. You've got yes. panels about the D&D Adventurers League. You've got, mm. you know, uh, stuff that isn't sort of dealing with the sort of uh, important issues, but is talking about D&D itself. Like there's a, mm. the last panel is inside the D&D studio uh, mm. where they'll be delving into a sort of behind-the-scenes discussion about the future of D&D, which could be interesting. Please don't announce 6th edition. No 6th edition. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. No, they, 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 weren't, they weren't yet. Go on, it, 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 it would seem like a brave choice for them to say, oh, actually, we're making so much money. Let's, let's, let's change it to another edition. <laughs> that, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you announce a, new, announce a new decision while you're still going up, do you? No. Yeah. No. I, wait, wait, uh, I don't start tailing off quite dramatically yeah first. they have they haven't started leveling off yet it's still going dramatically rpg so mm-hmm. i think we've got a few more years yet mm-hmm. do we have any more dnd stuff more dnd stuff let's have a look we have some previews <laughs> of ryan with the frost maiden but i haven't actually looked at these yet because i only saw them just before the um before the podcast started so these are on ign oh yeah and they've got four pages of the book that's ryan with the frost maiden being for those who have uh, missed it or are not up to date on your D&D stuff is where they go to the frozen north of uh, Faerun, north to Sword Coast and yeah. are exploring Icewind Dale. Yeah. Icewind Dale, Ten Towns territory. Yeah. Whereas if you've read the Crystal Shard, which I have like many years ago. Many years uh, ago. Yeah. Many years ago. It's got a certain uh, familiarity to it, which uh, sound, mm. sounds exciting. Well, these four pages are the opening pages of chapter one. So it's like an overview of the Ten Towns. Mm. Uh, and uh, IGN's got, yeah, it's four pages they've got, was it five pages? Five pages they've got, and and tomorrow they're releasing another few pages as well. So when this podcast goes out, which is tomorrow, there'll probably be two IGN previews up, but I don't know what will be in the second one. But it all looks very nice. Some of the artwork is gorgeous. If you're getting the second IGN, you're you're going the right way. Oh, Wizards are doing, yeah. I mean, they're on Forbes, IGN, they're mm. in Guardian, on the BBC. Blimey. They're everywhere. They're yes. everywhere these days. Often yeah. several times in the Guardian with the, oh, we can't believe Dungeons & Dragons is doing so well. <laughs> really? Like last year? And the year before? <laughs> it's it's kind of a bit of a perennial news item about role-playing yeah. games. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm looking at this gorgeous piece of art at the moment, which is kind of like a, a sort of jetty or a pier uh, with a couple of frozen ships attached to it. Anyway, yes, it, it looks very nice. Um, it's... Yeah completely shrouded in ice schools uh, presumably the 10 towns enjoys a uh, large lake which in the happier months you can go and fish for fresh yeah, fish I guess, on. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so yeah uh, Colin's uh, computer has entered a crazy cycle of starting crashing restarting and going on to a boot cycle so we should just probably just continue and okay. be like you know my 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 band member got blown up <laughs> alright alas Okay, there's, a couple, there's, a couple, there's a couple more quick bits of news. So, uh, there's an Afro fantasy D&D setting. It's called the Wagadu Chronicles. Wagadu Chronicles. W-A-G-A-D-U. Ooh. I'm intrigued. Uh, uh, this takes place uh, in Wagadu, a uh, world of spirits and ancestors. Ooh. And uh, no one is from this world. You, you arrive by falling in, and then you attempt to survive and build a new life. And... <laughs> 
the world, the, the law of the world draws from like African mythology and folklore and culture. That sounds, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. But the fun bit about it is, the best oh. bit about it is, at the moment, it's available it for free. What? Yeah. That is, that is, that's a that is, solid price. That is some good news, isn't it? Yeah. I always like hearing that things are free. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, a setting. It's a level one to four adventure. Oh, it's a uh, forty like empire was in, from Ghana. Yeah, there's a uh, monster book with forty creatures in it, and the yeah. artwork is gorgeous, absolutely stunning. How 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 does one obtain this? So you go to a mailing list. You put in oh, your email address, give them permission to email you, and yes. in exchange you get a free the free book, Ragadoo Chronicles. Mm. Oh, Ghana! <laughs> you have persuaded me. You may email me. In exchange for your free book, uh, I, guess, I guess a lot. I guess a lot of emails that I don't necessarily want to receive, but I'm like, okay, well then, if you're going that to give me something that sounds so exciting, you can have my address. Yeah. Ah. So yes, that was the Wackadoo Chronicles. The other bit of news we had here was uh, Solasta, Crown of the Magister, that 5 uh, based video game. Yes, one I played that you haven't. It's amazing. It's entering early access this Ooh. fall. So there's, been, there's been two limited demos over the last year, haven't there, which you've played. Yes. Which I have not played because I have a Mac, so I am yes. not allowed to play this game. Uh, for us, there's technology has and there's technology have-nots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's still <laughs> using the Linux, and somebody's <laughs> still using Linux, and uh, you know we have to use Wine for everything to play anything. <laughs> that, that's, that's a perfectly acceptable system. They're very stable. Um, yeah. And would you like a little cheese with your wine? <laughs> Ooh, ouch. <laughs> I just being awful today. Uh, I would apologize. That was good. That was, that was good, but yeah, right through the heart. Right through the heart. Uh, well, you're anyway, anyway, there isn't a spe- I haven't got a specific date here. It just says yes. this fall, but it'll be early access, which basically means, as I understand video game terminology, everyone with the appropriate to be a beast hardware tester. will be able to play it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm quite, quite excited about that. Um, have you seen this game at all or it's across your radar, Rick? Uh, no, I, I, I heard about it. I've checked it, but I don't play a lot of early access games or things that are, <laughs> are coming out until they're out because yeah. um, I've had to give up a lot of my video gaming time uh, to do content creation and yes. still, you know, have a job. Uh, yeah, and I, so, I, like. I it's uh, the curse to working classes. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> M- MMOs. Uh, I had to give up my, my favorite MMOs. Like those had to go by the wayside and same with uh, a few games. But when I do play, I will get a game. I will sit on my couch, curl up under a burrito blanket and Ooh. play some RPG on my PlayStation to the end. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there's one last thing. Level up, level up, level up. I, yeah, I was going to say, I so mean. In a little bit of magic time travel. Yes. The playtest document Yes. has gone out. Has it? It hasn't. But by the it time hasn't. this podcast goes out, the playtest document will have gone out because it's going oh, out probably later today. It's just going through a last check just to proofreading for stupid typos. And- uh, this, this sounds like some sort of claim that time is linear. Yeah, I've, I've heard that claim. <laughs> I'm not a big subscriber to myself. Well, I mean, thing, it's definitely very, up- very Jeremy Bearer me. That's my view on it. So this first playtest document is yes. literally just what we're calling the origin system. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're divorcing... I, I, I feel I should say for Rick's benefit that Level Up 5e is Russ's um, massive passion project, which has got 
teams of super eager designers. I know they're super eager because the Discord never shuts up. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm a step ahead of you. I actually oh. followed this and I, oh. I, I know. And I, when awesome. that document comes out, I am excited to actually get a chance to read it. Well, um, this document, this document, yeah. this is literally just the origin system. So it's what mm. was race yes. and yeah. sub race yeah. in original 5e. Yes. So what we have got is uh, heritage, yes. culture, and yes. background being the three building blocks of your origin. Interesting. What's the difference and between heritage and culture? Roughly? So heritage is biological. Mm-hmm. So if your oh, okay. heritage is elf, you're yeah. long-lived, you mm-hmm. can see in the dark, you know, the, the yeah. sort of physical, what, what you inherited from your parents. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag just elf things with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just elf uh, things. Yeah. yeah. Culture is what yeah. you grew up with. Ah. But the interesting part is, of course, you can be a dwarf. You could be born yeah. a dwarf and grow up in a wood elf village. Yeah. So you have the dwarf heritage yeah. and the wood elf culture. Yeah. So you don't know about mining and you don't know about hand axes, which is what, and hammers, which is what, what yeah, traditionally dwarfs dwarf. get yeah. as, as a dwarf race in, in, in pre- previous editions. But, but if, you, if you break out your bow, then somebody somewhere is in for a very bad time. If only briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this thing, so it's coming out uh, about 75 pages, which is an enormous playtest document. That is quite large. Is this just character creation then? Uh, it's not even just character creation. It's just what was race and sub-race. It's, it's, li- okay. it's literally heritage, <laughs> culture, wow. and, okay. uh, and background. So it doesn't I, even I, touch the classes. Oh, but I, well, frankly, I, I love the idea because all of my games and all of the people that that's I play, they, I already have been house rolling that for for ages. Just yeah, yeah. you you can do this. We're gonna we're gonna jury rig like all my games are tabletop homebrew, mm-hmm. you know stuff in in any way. But anything you can do to make more uh, diverse and wickedly cool mm-hmm. characters with a backstory yeah. just yep. gives everybody at the table more mm-hmm. to hook onto. Yeah. So it's not just a bunch of more version is better. Yep. Yeah. The more you can buy into your character, the more you can make it a living, breathing thing, the more mm. exciting it is, and therefore the more fun it is to kill it off as a GM. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's yeah. that last bit out loud. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what we've got in this, we've got eight heritages. So they're your standard uh, player's handbook, what were races, elf, not dwarf, counting half-orc and half-elf. Instead of those, we've got a blanket rule about yeah. how you have parents oh. of two different heritages. Andrew. So if you want to make a half orc, you use yeah. that blanket rule and well just say half orc or half orc. Half orc. You take yes. an orc, which is yes. one of the heritages we got, yes. and a human. Okay. Or you could do an orc and an elf or a dwarf and oh. a tiefling or whatever. You know, two pairs of four That's it. Yeah. 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 So that's that's why half elf and half orc aren't separate heritages in oh. there. You can sort of dynamically create your it's a match. Uh, yeah. Some yeah. hybrid figure going on. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then each of those has four sample cultures. Yes. Like uh, with elves, you've got wood elves, shadow elves, which is what we're basically calling trial, oh. high elves, and there was another one, and I forget offhand which it is, but there's four, there's four of them. So there's four sample cultures for each of them. Right. With the implicit thing being there can be an infinite number for each of them, but we're giving you four sample cultures. Yes. And then we've got four, uh, a bunch of generic cultures, which is sort of like cosmopolitan or nomad, which more more cultural approaches, really. Mm. 
Like how 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 do you go about approaching that sort of thing? Okay, that sounds yeah. intriguing. Yeah, and we've got oh, was it Lone Wanderer, I think, or something like that, which is for someone who just says, "Oh, I don't want to come to." This sounds like a lot less. I'm not sure how invested I am in this game. I'm not sure how invested I am in this character. No, it's okay. You do get people like that. Yeah. So um, the idea is you can pick any heritage, any culture, and any yeah. background, and there's no limit to what how you combine those three building blocks. Marvellous. We shall have to um, pick it over. And then, how does one get involved in playtesting this document? So, you go to levelup5e.com, yes. uh, hit the news tab, because yeah. that's where it will appear first, and it will probably be later today. It's literally just being proofread now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or yeah, a couple of days in the past, depending on when you're listening to this. Or, or yesterday, depending on when you listen to this, yeah. Or maybe uh, even a year from now, we, don't, we just don't know. If you're listening to us a year from now, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. You, you missed the boat. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd be able to download the, the PDF from there. It's about 75 pages, as I said. It's quite long. Mm. Uh, then you can have at it, digest it, you know, make some characters, mm. play around with it for a mm. few days. And then next week is when the survey goes up and we get, oh. basically, it's all data-driven. So it is totally fine. I want to make this important point. It yes. is totally fine to not like some of the stuff in it. Yes. And if because you don't like it, it's important to let us know. Yes. That is literally the point of the survey. So yeah. if you look at it and you go, oh, my God, I don't like where the direction they're taking. Yes. That's fine. That's all right. It's a playtest document. It's a playtest answer. Hey. <laughs> if everyone says to us, we hate this, we'll be like, fine, okay, we'll try something okay. else. So, you know, yeah. it's not... But, or equally, if you do something, think it's the best idea ever. Say that too, say yes. something nice yeah. as well. Yeah. Like if, if, well. If everyone says they love it, then we'll, we'll stick with it, yeah. And, and, and it means, to be fair, any feedback is good, even if you're like, yeah, I think it's okay. It still lets us know that it's like, you know, maybe we could make it more exciting, but at least we're on a right track that you can yeah. accept. That's yeah, it. well, I mean, survey will be a bit more detailed than just do you like this. We're going to go into each oh. heritage. That sounds like a lot of that. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay, well. <laughs> I should just make it in the one question. What do you reckon? Good, bad? Just a binary thing as well, not even a, a scale. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> Attach gifts to the, you know, feedback form. Uh, yeah. That's the best. Just smiley like face. Or on fire. Yeah. It seemed to have sent us a picture of Sheila Berth Craft. <laughs> What does this mean? <laughs> anyway. Yes, okay, that. And with that, that is the news done. We have now finished the news. That's the news done. Is Colin missing presumed gone? Yeah, Colin, is, his, his computer has blown up. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're like, hey, uh, we can have one of our other band members pop in. So, but I was like, at this point, I think I might just assume that my band members have been consumed by the, uh, uh, the void. And I will just continue on uh, the warlock and, and tackle it. Uh, so, yeah. Right then. The void was told. Sorry, the void's all full for today. Right, yes. It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Shall we play our favorite game in all the world? Okay. I put my wizard's robes and stuff. Well, I was thinking Snakes and Ladders, actually. That's a good game. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> one with no skill whatsoever. Rick, Rick is all signed up for this. <laughs> yep, I know. I'm, 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 I'm excited for this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our favourite game in all the world, the yes. game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name and they give you a very, very highly scientific score based on totally your scientific. answers. There's a spreadsheet and everything. Who would like to go first? Uh, shall I go first? And um, like... Yeah, you, you, you go first. Is, I, I get one, and then you get one, and then you can. Yeah. 
See, 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 see how not to do it is the best way to describe it. Mm. Okay, then. Hit me, Russ. What have we got? Right then. Right then, Peter. Your first one. Yes. What is? Yes. Ready? Yes. Over arms. Hmm. This is only because I want... Over arms. Uh, is it just like two words, over arms? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I hope there's a colon here. Oh. Really? That's a, this is a bold choice. Um, over arms. Mm. I'm drawn to the dueling thing, actually. It's um, a game where people are in a dispute over weapons, uh, over the arms themselves. Um, in fact, maybe it's... Uh, oh, I would hope for a science fiction game where they are, uh, where the players are looking to recover the ancient technologies of uh, past civilizations uh, in the hope to turn them into um, weapons to pursue their their dreams and their goals. Uh, okay. So science fiction, um, I think probably in the original system. Okay, it is an original system. You got something right. Yay! One point. Yay! <laughs> so. Uh, are you familiar with the Persona series or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh, I've not played or watched those. Uh, Rick is nodding, so... Yes, I, I, I have played uh, all of the Personas. I love that game. However, I have not seen JoJo's. Okay. How, would you, how would you sum up the Persona series? Oh, <laughs> man, how would I sum it up? Every game is, what, is, is what, totally different. But, yeah. but, but uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I would take this idea that there is a bunch of uh, angsty people uh, that have manifested their psychological horrors or dreams and nightmares into uh, a alternative way to be heroes, to go solve them and then Mm -hmm. resolve those mental uh, problems in real life. Okay. So sort of like a mind twister. Yeah. That ties into what I'm looking at here. So this is a world where uh, people you are able able to develop uh, a powerful psychic manifestation of your own psyche. And these, this is called your anima and your anima is able to assist you in a myriad of ways in and out of combat based on the strengths of individually unique abilities. So you, so yeah, uh, in Overarms, players can expect to weave stories of mystery, intrigue as they discover this new world around them and within. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds very Persona-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely getting a few sort of slightly high concept, I think is, is the phrase I'm looking for. High concept, mm-hmm. haven't we, today? People taking intellectual, intellectual risks, I think that's very exciting. Mm. Okay, last one then. This last one is for Rick. Which one <laughs> should we do? Okay, Rick. Dealing with your demons. Oh my God, dealing with your demons. Mm. Um, you know, why do I just want a picture that like the game series like Disgaea, this is a uh, RPG product. Um, I would not, God, it could be a, a, it could be a 10 Candles-esque game or another small splat, but it could also be a supplement. Um, but the core of this, like rather than being like a horror thing, I think that this would be a fun uh, RPG about making deals with uh, uh, obviously devils, demons, and whatnot, becoming like infernalists or whatnot, or even having uh, being a lord of hell or something like that, and having minions underneath you where you can go out into, uh, you know, conquer other territories or things like that. Like uh, the idea of like running your own uh, kingdom or having like minion armies uh, could be a, a fun one. I mean, it's literal to the name. Hmm. And of course, I like that you you said the word colonialism. 
which is in there. So tangentially, you hit it. Tangentially, you, you screwed around the edges. So this is a D and D fifth edition adventure. Okay. And it's a story about cultural misunderstanding and colonialism. What happens is you delve into a classic dungeon, mm-hmm. doing your usual stuff, looking for long lost treasures, uh, and you kill a demon in the first act of delving into that dungeon. And it turns out the the demon is something quite different from what you were originally led to believe. Oh, okay. So it's, all, it's all about cultural misunderstandings, uh, just through a sort of uh, lens of classic dungeon crawling. Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds cute yeah. too. Yeah. Like yeah. also just this idea of like, you know, because you always wonder, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever done it where you've played or story told the game where everybody in the party is arguably the monsters and mm. that they have to defend against, you know, the heroes uh, that are that are coming into. Oh, yes. Sort of keeper games. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To be honest, I'd argue that most adventuring parties are monsters anyway. Yeah. They, they're not Monster called murder hobos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just go around killing people with no fixed addresses. It's not yeah. a good <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Also, it says it's a story about kobolds as well. So. Ah, take my money. <laughs> Sorry. So, unfortunately, I think I have to declare Peter the winner. Yeah. of our favourite game in the world this week. Well done, Peter. The O'Connells, a perfectly respectable goblin tribe, was eating dinner when the accused burst in and slaughtered them to the last. Dinner? They were chewing on the leg bone of the last merchant to pass by their cave. The O'Connells are well liked in these parts and you took it on yourself to murder them all. Who do you think you are? Lord Bartridge. Did you murder the Goblin tribe? You want answers? I think I'm entitled to them. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. I'm sure I can. Son, we live in a world that has dungeons and dragons, and those dungeons have to be plundered, and those dragons have to be slain by men with swords. Who's going to do it? You. I think you're missing the point, my lord. This court is claiming those dungeons don't have to be plundered, and those dragons don't have to be slain. I have a greater responsibility than Yao can possibly fathom. You wait for the goblin tribe, and you curse us adventurers. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that that goblin's tribe's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. I'm just after the truth here, my lord. You don't want the truth, because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want me in that dungeon. You need me in that dungeon. We use words like murder, hobo, experience points. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. Did you murder the goblin tribe? I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very safety that I provide, and then questions the manner in which I provide it. Did you murder the goblin tribe? I would rather that you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and plunder a dungeon. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. Did you murder that goblin tribe? I did my job. Did you murder the goblin tribe? You're goddamn right I did. Sir? I find you guilty of murder-hoboing in the first degree. You stole out in the dead of night with your band of cutthroats and killers, snuck 
into the family home of the O'Connell Goblin tribe, accosted them during their daily meal, and cut them down with blade and cudgel until they were dead, dead, dead. And then, sir, you proceeded to ransack the Goblin's homestead and make off in the night with their most treasured heirlooms. Fine, or whatever. What's the sentence, then? For a crime so foul. Yeah, yeah. Committed with no remorse or mercy. Oh, get on with it. I sentence you to... Yes? 1,000 experience points. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool, good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Whoever, whoever does your Kickstarter pages, I want to hire them. Uh, it's, all, it's all Apotheosis Studios. Oh, that's so good. It's a very long page. But no, some of, those, some of those gifts that you've got going on there, some of those animated gifts are lovely. Yeah, the one of uh, Welcome to the Shadelands is my favourite one. Oh, yeah, that is nice, isn't it? That is nice. I want one. I want one. <laughs> I want one of those on all of my Kickstarter pages now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm envious. I'm actually jealous of you. So it's funny. It's like I can, I can talk about it. Like, but the reason we were able to make those was oh. when, um, when Apotheosis Studios was, was doing the art direction for this. Uh, hmm. They actually did a 3d model of the entire city um uh, in uh, as if they were going to make a video game out of it and so same with a lot of the character arts they were doing them in full 3d renders before they were painting uh, and doing the illustrations over them to get the dynamic lighting like later and when it came time to make like the kickstarter video or to you know sort of uh, expand upon that because they could do 3d like camera pans and things like that it made it really easy just to port yeah. over and 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 do just export biz yeah. yeah yeah and so that's how we were able to to make those so red opera yes why don't you start with uh, a quick quick overview of what what the red opera actually is Okay, so the Red Opera is a 5e full-length campaign and also setting uh, about a place where a place in the world where the veil between worlds runs thin. It can fit into any campaign setting or supplement. It was kind of designed to be like a plug-in because at its core, this is a operatic saga um, where the players come in 
and get to determine the final fate of the Shadelands in this warlock-infused metal adventure. Doesn't matter if you're a warlock or not, anybody in the Shadelands can cut a deal with various patrons or devils to learn what that relationship is like, mm-hmm. because the accursed king, who's the sort of the, the, the king of Yonkoth in this city, he has cut a deal with every patron uh, and every person that's out there in the, in the Vale, and he's starting to lose his mind a bit. Um, one too many deals has caused the balance scales to, to tip slightly and the city's becoming a bit unstable. So throughout the campaign, the players will get invested in the shade lands and deal with different aspects of warlock patrons, you know, the good, the bad, the evil, and get to determine the final fate of the shade lands with total player agency and multiple endings. But the trick is, and what makes this one different, is we've had Diamorte and Colin, who disappeared into the, the void. Um, we had Diamorte and the, uh, the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame and the Budapest Gorian Symphonic Orchestra. And we had a bunch of partners, um, uh, music-wise, work with us. And they made a full uh, instrumental soundtrack mm. uh, that is tied to it. So each act has actually a, a story because it was all derived from Diamorte's Red Albra album, uh, at the start, which was a tale of two uh, two forces tragically in an arms race with each other until they met eternal destruction. And All right. So that's what we've uh, we've made. Our, our goal is to eventually turn this into, hopefully, with stretch goals and stuff, to make this the definitive guide to warlocks and patrons as a storyteller. Hmm. So you don't have to be a warlock, though, do you? No, no. Uh, the 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 whole. whole whole thing is like you could have a party of all barbarians that walk out in here to the shade lands and you can cut a deal with temporary packs with some of the patrons there who want something manifested because like the whole goal of a patron is they're not quite gods yet they're not quite there their their relationship is very direct i will give you power in exchange for this and we thought that that was a very um underserved and very fun uh aspect of luck uh, like type was like, Hey, wait a minute. When you're storytelling a game and you have one warlock in the party. And the reason that it never really gets highlighted as much is because if you're a storyteller, that means you then have to focus on that one player to the exclusion Mm. of everybody else. And so we made it, uh, in the shade lens where if you have the warlock in the party and the group goes to talk to that warlock's patron, everybody can talk to that patron. Yeah. So that's kind of our, 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 our big, like, storytelling way to make sure that everybody can partake hmm. yeah so it's so, so a one to 20 adventure pass uh it's a okay we designed it differently we worked with uh, oh. 2c gaming and we actually yeah. designed it so that this could be run as a level 20 adventure with no right. experience being gained first but then we it could be a high tier adventure and then we designed it that way because it's much easier to scale down yeah, um, and we actually have like in our encounters, uh, like like little sidebars, like, hey, if your party is this level, you know, mm-hmm. this guy's arms are like chopped off, or the parties are responsible for this part of the battle, not this whole scale. But if you have a level twenty group, you know, let them there do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let let them do this whole thing. Otherwise, narrow your scope to here or here, because mm-hmm. we wanted it to be something that could be run for all tiers of play. Yeah. Um, and the only mm. way to do that is to design it for level 21st, because it's almost Ooh, impossible okay. to scale up and stay dynamic. Yeah. 
Um, and it's much easier to keep that dynamic encounter element with like a dog sled racing through like the Feywild forest and whatnot. And if you're level 20, you're responsible for the entire mission of mm, corralling well. these like aberrant trees. Um, but yeah. if you're level one, you're just trying to protect your dog sled as you're racing through yeah, and, yeah. Keep, and, keep, and keep your dogs alive. So how easy is it to scale down then? I mean, I assume you've got a whole bunch of guidelines inside the actual product itself, yeah. which tell tell the DM how to do that. What's the sort of process that you'd you'd follow to do that? Uh, generally changing the scope of the encounter, right? Yeah. And a lot of our encounters also are are very political in nature um, without oh. a lot of like DC challenges. And there, there are skill challenges and, and choice-based huh. challenges. Yeah. Um, but let's say like the dog sled encounter, uh, which is oh. our opening act one. You have to go into... Uh, you leave the Shadelands because these Thistle Furies are like infecting right. people and turning them into aberrant trees. And the Feywild mm. has has grown a bit angry. And you and a bunch of knights and, and captains, yeah. you lead with this big brigade out to go stop this oncoming onslaught of aberrant, horrible trees into the yeah. uh, city of Yankov. And if you're level 20, yeah. you are recruited because they're short on forces to run the mission. And oh. so you have to then like, you know, beat and burn the forest and, and corral the whole thing. <laughs> if you're level one, your scope is, hey, have them fight a single Thistle Fury or be responsible for like picking these things up. And if they're level like 10 in the middle, okay, you have this small little crew. Now, every storyteller knows at their table generally how, how their party is going to react to a mm. scene. And you can kind of read the room. And I since I come from a background of, of a lot more improv storytelling and theater of the mind mm-hmm. storytelling, it's less crunch focused of, Hey, there's a five foot room with, you know, this many traps and here's your DCs mm-hmm. and more of a, we tell you, this is the intent of this encounter, right? We want you to, you know, describe like the crystalline on the snow. We want you to hit these senses. Uh, it's much more geared and written to the storyteller to show the storyteller of like, this is the scene you want to set. This is the goal mm. of this encounter. Here's your objective when you're running this to arm the storyteller with all of the tools that they need to really create an immersive experience. And we can let and trust the storytellers to know, hey, yeah. I have a level 12 party that is you know six players or eight players or even two players. Okay, here is my like, building blocks from this encounter. So we give you the stats, the monsters of the different, different bits, but we let them scale how many there are, what they're going to need. You know, if they need to chop off a special ability, we say like, Oh yeah, you know, focus on this ability. Cause it's the iconic yeah, ability yeah, and, and yeah. delete this other stuff. Yeah. So well, it's definitely interesting to see high tier play being supported because wizard of the coast doesn't tend to really support tier four play. Does it? No, I mean, all the, no. most of their adventures top out at what level 10, 12 ish, maybe 15 sometimes. Yeah, like so, 16 yeah, and, is, I think, the highest I've seen. I mean, technically, Dungeon of Mad Mage goes to 20. Um, but that's because you start Dungeon at 17, and by the time you finish it, you're at 20. Yeah. So, this is so, a whole campaign at level 20 is a different beast. Yes, because mm. I, I loved the idea of just trying to run through a group of characters where they write a letter home 
Uh, they yeah. go on a, they, 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 we have this mechanic called the letter home where you actually write uh, a full love letter or a full letter home and you go on the pilgrimage to the shade lands and the GM takes those letters and he puts them on the screen and he doesn't read them. And if the party ever dies, because the whole concept of the shade lands here is, is somebody spoilers trying to figure out a way to make death permanent because yeah. in D D death is a joke, especially at high level play. Oh, you die, you get resurrected. Oh, true resurrection, raised dead gods, deities and whatnot. Yeah. And this, this, this warlock is 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 kind of tired of death being made uh, made a joke, and so he's got a plan. But this letter home is important because if the players ever die, um, you read the letter aloud and then you like burn it or rip it up and destroy it, and mm. everybody who ever knew them forgets that they ever existed. Ooh. And the way you can support like really high tier play and do like all level 20 games with no experience or mm. even just in this campaign, you're level 10, but nobody's going to gain anything uh, except the packs and boons that they earn throughout the adventure. There's a lot of ways you can run this, but the, the, the fun of that is when you do it this way, you create that sense of attachment and that risk to the character. Yeah. And you can have consequences to their choices and actions. So in high tier play, when you are dealing with the fate of a kingdom and you are, whether a treasonous party that is going to usurp the accursed king, or maybe you have like cut back deals with other nations to take over the kingdom, you know, and you want to take over the shade lands for yourself. You know, there are so many different Pass. Like our final chapters have like four or five different endings. And then we have a whole sidebar of, listen, yeah. this is an opera. We need you to end this as a storyteller with some tragedy. While someone will win, somebody else has to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. that moral choice that you put, the moral vice that you stick your players in. And you as a storyteller get to sit back and steeple your fingers and be yeah. like, what are you going to do? Here's your, you know, here's your choices and watching them like squirm and think about the, the concept. And they're going to try to do everything. They're going to go cut deals with patrons to try to like lessen the impact. If they really like this one guy or try it. Cause players love trying to find a way to have a Eureka, you know, yeah. we we've got this moment and we'll let them have that. But somebody will always have an operatic ending mm. uh, at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, having the, the, the music tie in with the whole like symphony, like you could be describing like the dog sled race and, and, you know, playing the symphony in the background and showcasing some of the art, like we've tried to make it to really level up that immersion aspect. So can you talk a little bit about the band and how that ties into this and totally, um, uh, I, I know, I know you're, 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 it's, it's inspired by, by the album, but you're using music actually as part of play as well is that yes yes so um it started off that dia morte had this red opera and they were were doing these shows and i know the bands and and you know paul allender and and you know uh, colin and and drake mefesta who's the the head composer of all this and i was like guys you should turn this into a freaking adventure you have all of the components you have a story you have some beautiful symphonic music uh it's crazy metal i can't actually understand what you're saying on stage, but you have lyric sheets. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was like, let me, let me turn this into, you know, just let me have player agency, right? Like I need to be able to, to accommodate as a storyteller players doing player things. Mm-hmm. And so they let me rebuild the world. And when we did that, we expanded upon it. And then they very much fell in love with my new revised lore. So they mm-hmm. updated their band's opera mm-hmm. and we had the idea right at that moment of 
hey, what if you took your your album that you guys have already composed and stripped out the like kind of the hard metal bits and all the lyrics and then recomposed it as an instrumental orchestral track mm-hmm. and lengthened each of the songs so that you could storytell to them. And so every act actually has a QR code in there that you can like, yeah. you know, like, like you can either get the MP3 or you can just huh. scan the QR code and it will pull up like the 10 minute track of like, welcome to the shade lands, you yeah. know, the, the scar, a scarlet mercy. And they did a phenomenal job. And on stage when the band performs, Colin who disappeared into the void, he will be playing Majin Drake plays, you know, uh, Dor- uh, or Drake plays, uh, sorry, LaCroix, the night captain, mm-hmm. uh, James, uh, Dorton from uh, black crown initiate. He plays, you know, the accursed King. And, okay. uh, you know, so they got like, they will actually perform this as an opera, you know, in, in a, in a condensed version for a live stage show too. Hmm. So only the band members, are they, how involved are they in the actual, uh, adventure creation process? Are they, so, is, is that sort of mainly you or are, are they, are they dipping but, into? No, no, that's, that's, that's a hundred percent me. I mean, I'm kind of now the official bands like lore master as well. Right, okay, I, yeah. You know, redo that, but you know, I've, you know, with all the years of doing the geek and sundry stuff and all the other uh, writings and all the how to not suck at storyteller panels yeah, that I've been doing yeah. for years, it was yeah. I'm 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 the lead writer. My other co-writer on it was Patrick Edwards. He's another novelist, so he wrote uh, this book called The Space Opera Series, which is like a comedy. But he's a mm-hmm. big gamer on Geekly Inc. and a big streamer podcaster. And so him and I, like I, I did the the main thorough for you and the main plot lines and the beats yeah. and the storyteller bits. And Pat helped like make sure that all the encounters and the settings had uh, extra life and a bit of uh, fun and culture to them. So we didn't just want, uh, you know, we wanted to make a cosmopolitan, very yeah. diverse, like, like the plains here run thin. So you could have everybody from every background here in this Northern city. And we didn't just want to go dark gloom and, you know, cover. We actually went with a, you know, a city where the Aurora Borealis like is mm. there, you know, the obsidian rushes, you know, has stars inside of it from other places that aren't here. So we wanted this like weird environment that was, that was unique to be the shade lands and had a fun musical element to it because we were listening to the music while we're writing. Yeah. yeah. The story writing is all done by, by Pat and myself. Um, the band, all I did was take their their music and then create this yeah. world based off what Drake had already penned down. Yeah. So if the band played this, have you run them through the adventure yet or parts of it? Yes. Yes, yeah. I guess I have. And that's Ooh, that, uh, that's where the, uh, the fun part comes in is seeing them have to play characters. Uh, not all of them have played yet, but Drake and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Drake definitely has. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go through and we played the first three three acts, yeah. um, and that's where we're at right now. But he's he's having a blast. It's just funny to him because like he thinks he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And after every adventure, we have these like three or four different side quest threads that you yeah. could go on, and we allow the storyteller to kind of like take their own path through yeah. the city of Yonkov. So he's completely lost now in his own world, but he's loving every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, it must be interesting experience. What is essentially your own your own role, but through a totally different perspective and lens, uh, you know, rather than being on stage performing, you're, you're inside the world and interacting in in a story that you're running. It must be really interesting, you know, from their point of view, way of, way of seeing it. 
Yes, uh, they have like Drake is like this is so crazy to me, and he loves yeah. every bit of it. Um, and I even remember what it was like the first time I heard my own novel in an audiobook, mm. and it wasn't narrated by me. And Ooh, I was like, I don't know if I'd like that. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 I no, was no, like, you said that wrong. No, <laughs> that's not where the emphasis goes. No, <laughs> um, that that happened a few times, like at the start, but then like yeah. after like an hour and a half uh, into it. I had forgotten that I read it, wrote that book, and I was just listening to the audio book. And it was actually a really weird experience to live or listen and, you know, visualize yourself in a world that you created but performed by somebody else. Um, So Al uh, Al Quinn Gersh, uh, you know, he's a a streamer podcaster. He's on like World Live Frontier and, uh, you know, he considers shows. He's going to put on a production of the red opera for a live play stream. And uh, he's going to be the storyteller because he did the curse of Strahd thing. And I was like, man, you need to be like, you, this is perfect. You did the cur- whole curse of Strahd thing. That is like my, my, my goal, like, please put this on. And he was like, mm. dude, this is awesome. I love this. Yes. And I'm going to get to play in that. So, and so is one of the band members. So now we have both content creators playing with somebody else. Yeah. Who, you know, so we're both going to get that weird feeling uh, this month, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. So let's have a look at the Kickstarter itself, then. Sure. Ooh. Talk us through so what what you get. What do you get when you when you when you pledge your hard earned cash? So, uh, you know, obviously with the digital PDF, right, you get the digital PDF, which is going to come with the full soundtrack uh, yeah. tied to every act, the actual like book and, and whatnot. So, I mean, just right off the bat, you get like the making of section, you get all that stuff. No. But the you know obviously we have the hardcover book and then we have like the fan the like really cool special edition mm-hmm. you know book with the slip case everything comes with the soundtrack already with it so no matter what you're getting a book and music and a full campaign mm-hmm. uh we're also going to have stuff in there like the setting of the shade lands we're gonna have additional warlock subclasses additional species and we're actually breaking up our backgrounds and heritages and cultures within the mm-hmm. shade lands almost that that same cool. same way mm-hmm. um so we're kind of doing a, a little bit of that and you know, we, some of our stretch goals are going to get into uh, extra classes and stuff that we can unlock. Uh-huh. But the most fun things are some of the add-ons that we've partnered up with. We got mm-hmm. like initiative coffee to make us like a coffee because coffee is f-ing metal. And <laughs> we were like, okay, if you guys want some coffee, you can get coffee. Uh, you know, you, we have these uh, coins that were getting mm-hmm. minted that are the in-game currency of Yonkoth with like the symbol on one side and another, but we use them for GM tokens. Like, oh, you got advantage? Here you go, have this. And Level Up Dice has made a set of like four custom D10s for us. And the mm-hmm. reason we did this is every Kickstarter these days seems to offer, you know, hey, here's a dice set, luxury dice set from, from somebody, yeah. but it's one die of every type. And I'm like, frankly... If I'm a wizard and I'm throwing fireball, I still don't have a set of D6s that mm-hmm. that match. And my weird brain says I want like a cool set I of want my D6s like, to match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So if you're a warlock at level 20 and you have Eldritch Bless, you're at least getting 4D10 on your roll. So we made a set of like, because anybody can make a pact with a patron here. So you can be mm-hmm. a barbarian that makes a temporary pact that's like, hey, dude, I want Eldritch Bless for like yeah, yeah. the next day and I'll go you know, deliver your egg baskets or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at those dice right now. Actually, they're gorgeous. But yeah, those are, those are some of my favorite ones. And we got, mm. you know, minis, uh, like a custom dice tower. That's one of the, the, the set things. 
But the big thing is, is you get a 95,000 word adventure with Mm -hmm. a full setting, uh, you know, various cultures, uh, this beautiful uh, symphony that goes with it, and this 10 act arc uh, with three extra side quests per, uh, per, per act. So it's a it's a massive volume of adventure oh. play and it plugs into any game that you're running. If you're oh. running it in like Ravnica or Ravenloft or Fey run, or I even completely did a test run where I ran it for a completely different game system. Mm. I actually used, ran it for, um, uh, 10 candles. Right. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah. just, just wrote it at, uh, that way as a, a short for each act. Hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, this is one of the most visually, lavish and gorgeous projects I've ever seen. It is absolutely beautiful. Like the artwork is stunning. Uh, you spoke oh earlier God. about how you'd already uh, modeled the city in 3D, which gives you all these nice sort of panoramic sweeping shots of the city from above. It's, it's a really, really, really graphically heavy game. How, how much is that sort of... Uh, part of the identity of the whole thing. How much did you think when you were putting this together, did you think this has to look really, really, really good? Uh, so this is this is really cool. We had written the full adventure, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in text before we even, and we brought it to Apotheosis Studios. Yeah. And uh, they, Jameson Stone, and like who's the CEO there and all these other, uh, his artists, David, Sharon, and uh, Carlos, they yeah. read the full adventure and they listened to the music and then they fell in love with that like text and got the idea yeah. behind it and they started doing their artwork and it yeah. just kept evolving and and the band uh uh Diamorted, they were they had a bunch of art assets and ideas and influences so when they were asking for like concept boards mm-hmm. and things like that they were able to provide some of that but really Carlos does a lot of the setting art and David does a lot of like the character art, like the big epic scenes and the murals. Oh, some of that character art is absolutely lovely. It's really, really uh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sharon, who does the layout, I think layout uh, layout artists are actually the unsung heroes of the RPG mm, yeah, world. Yeah, we've talked about that many yeah. times on this podcast, actually, haven't we, Peter? About um, how layout is just so important. And also, they're hard to come by, good layout artists. They're, uh, yes. And uh, a but, hidden skill. Yeah, they have done. Uh, they have done an amazing job bringing this entire project to visual life because mm-hmm. you know a book can be incredibly well written and whatnot, but it's the freaking art that yeah, yes. that that draws people in. Like oh. that's that's what you see. That's what's going to give you the 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 setting and the ideas for this. And yeah. so just the just the art prints alone, uh, when you oh. get them as like a PDF or or freaking, it's feeling like a almost a coffee table book in some ways as well. That was like their intent. Yeah, have it no, on the table and just open it up and say, just so you can leaf through and feast on the gorgeous, mm. gorgeous visual pictures. So Apotheosis had yeah. done this other book called The Last Amazon uh, before, Ooh. and it actually was a uh, full um, coffee table like art book, but graphic right. novel. And so their oh, intent, because even I, I can't speak. It, it's as detailed or as eloquently as I need to on this one point. But apparently when we were talking with Nord Games about fulfillment and distribution, Jameson mentioned like the printing and the art quality that they're going to use because they're using like thicker paper and a higher DPI, mm-hmm. you know, print to make it a full like yeah. thing. And, and, and Chris over at Nord Games was like, that's, it's like, that's, that, that's pricey, but 
He's like, yeah, this is going to look gorgeous on paper. And like, they knew like printing numbers that I just don't know. Um, But their, their page stock and their paper stock and and whatnot, what they're actually using to make the book is uh, art book uh, quality. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's lovely. What about in terms of sort of mechanical support? So it's, it is primarily an adventure path and campaign setting. Yes. What have you, what sort of mechanical support have you got? You know, new rules, new player options, you know, rules. Stuff. So yeah, that's yeah, that's actually all of our stretch goal content. Um, the the rules of the primary adventure is you know the the symphony and the campaign and the yeah. setting, right? But uh, the new rule stuff comes in when we have the we're going to introduce the Evermore Warlock, which is like a time based tempo based warlock that's tracking things for players. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the Soul Thief Warlock because we found that um, a lot of people wanted to shape stay away from shape changing with classes because druids already had a lockdown on that so we created a warlock class that is all about stealing people's souls Mm -hmm. uh and bits of them to shape change into them and take their memories and eventually their powers and the cool thing about all of our classes and like context we have another one like an artist class which is like a warlock like themed bard all of our classes are actually tied to adventures that you can Mm -hmm. unlock during play as you're going through um, and even if you're already like a character of a certain class in a high level, you can unlock those features as part of like a boon or a pact deal yeah. if you beat the side quest storylines. Um, other stuff that we're doing is new backgrounds, new uh, species. We have like these giant, uh, these calding kind, which are like giant polar bear-esque kind of characters that are merchants and speak the tongue of all the different planes. So, you know, they all, they can speak natively like any other language, but they're these just big merchant, you know, polar bears. And then we have another race of elves that are tied to the elemental planes um, and the seasons. And so they kind of are like natives in the Shadelands itself and helped build the city of Yonkov yeah, yeah. uh, with the current king. For other players that aren't warlocks, um, we are going to have a whole section on patrons um, and how to give boons and deals and you know how to basically sell your soul if you want to. So we're kind of dabbling a bit into that 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 darker aspect, um, which is, is sort of for everybody. But um, you know, that's that's kind of the mechanical support that we're we're offering up on. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, so we're looking at fifty dollars. Uh, looking at the uh, pledge levels here, fifty dollars for the for the standard edition of the book itself. Yep, mm. cheaper obviously if you just want PDF. Yeah, uh, and thirty dollars for the PDF uh, yeah. only. Yes. Because that, that does bring up the shipping, which I did notice was quite interesting because you're getting Nord to do the yes. Nord games to, to be your international shipper. They ship exclusively to EU, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. That's pretty much what we did with mythological figures as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So the shipping costs to, to a lot of places are so high, especially South America. It's just mm. insane. It's ridiculous. It's, uh, mm. but it's like more than the book. Like twice mm. as much oh, as the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, since uh, since Nord has distribution in those those places, yeah. they're able to do fulfillment at like normal shipping costs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look at some of these reward levels as well. Five grand. You've yeah, actually got so, someone who's backed for two and a half thousand dollars. So, <laughs> so so those ones, those are those are like our, our high tier. And I've seen people do this in other Kickstarters, right? It's mm-hmm. the it's the limited tier options where you can be in the book. And mm-hmm. the the two thousand five hundred deal, which is called uh, you know, patron. We actually have our artists do four, four to five character art pieces, uh, full mm-hmm. color, like metrics of your character and an 
an adventure that I will work with you to create. And we'll take that and put that in as one of the side quest paths. Mm -hmm. So we'll create like a full adventure for your character arc and then give you full art on top of it. Nice. And um, somebody did, uh, we actually don't know who it is. It wasn't like a friend or a family member, somebody like that. Uh, mm -hmm. All I know is his name is Sam. Um, and he came in from Kickstarter somewhere. Um, but I'm very excited to take those ideas of like that one or Majin's Guard, which is another one where you can like have full, like a full page character art like, yeah. and your character in the Shadelands. So, yeah. So what's, what's, what's the $5,000 one then? What's the big, the, the big the, one? The sponsor, I... You know, I don't know. We, we put that one in there as the, the sponsor. And if somebody wants to help a small indie studio uh, that's, you know, in a team of like five people create a project like this, yeah. uh, what more can we offer them? Like we have a handcrafted leather bound edition that is going to be like obviously thoroughly autographed. We'll throw it. It's basically like, what do you want us to do for you? Because we're just <laughs> a like a first time studio, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a really small group of people. And if somebody wants to support a creative endeavor, that's tying music, art, and narrative mm. uh, together to that level, we would give someone them, wants to literally be a patron of the arts. Yes, pretty much. Uh, like yeah. we will give you our undying gratitude, and you just. Tell us what you need, and you'll we'll, even come around and make the coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, like I, you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I will personally come to you and deliver, you know, the pumpkin spice latte. All right, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're only a few days into the Kickstarter. Yes. So it's already. I mean, yes. where are we? I'm looking at it in pounds here. Converting it to dollars, uh, you're oh. already past $30,000. You've still got 27 days to go. So this is obviously going to shoot up into the, the five, six figure. Yeah, six figures. I'm just counting counting digits there. Six <laughs> figure territory. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty quickly, I think. I, I hope so. I have no idea, though, because like I said, we're we're not... I've watched and covered a lot of Kickstarters, yeah. but it is very different being on the other end where you're watching this with like nail biting anticipation yeah. of you have that big push the first day. And then you sit there and go, okay. Um, oh God, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah. We've all been there. I've been there many, many, many times. It never changes. It's uh, the same feeling every time. So um, thank you so much for coming on, Rick. Yep. We'll, yeah, be putting all the links, we'll be putting all the links we need to in the show notes so, so people can pop along and back your Kickstarter. And I reckon people will because it is gorgeous and I will be oh. for certain. Every week this happens to me. Someone comes on and sells me something. <laughs> I, can't, I can't resist it. Well, they we wouldn't have, have, they wouldn't have such gorgeous stuff. Yeah, maybe we should just stop having guests on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's expensive. Just we could just have me moan about character sheets for 60 minutes. That would be a great yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be a backer of this one, physical backer as well, because I don't do mm, yes, mm, I like, I like, I like having, the, having the thing. I, I mean, I do have a coffee table. I don't really have a book to go on it. So <laughs> I suppose I could also run some sort of 95,000 word adventure as well. I could. I could. <laughs> I could, I suppose. There is, a lot, there, there is a lot of cool wilderness spots to actually have, and we do <laughs> use dynamic terrain. And Ooh. I do, because we may not have a fire tornado, but there is definitely a tornado made of frost and glass shards. Wow. That has my attention. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, 
Uh, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm only sorry Colin couldn't uh, stay with us. But I understand they have to power cycle their computer repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was a shame. He's, uh, he, play, he plays Majin on the live show, and he's a, 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 a video game developer. And mm, so right. when we got to that part, he was going to talk about like all that stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. the computer and the internet has devoured him and his. Oh well, so. it happens. It happens. It's happened to us before too. So yeah. anyway, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome to come back anytime. Next time you have a Kickstarter or a project to talk about, let us know, <laughs> and we'll set that up. So uh, with that, we've got Keith Baker coming back next week <gasps> to announce the, the results of the competition. Yes, for the second part of his exploring Eberron. Because we only got halfway through the book last time. We did, yes. Well, so yeah, much to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so also, uh, I did send him the uh, competition entries over a week ago. Yes. I did nudge him last night, and he did say he was on it. Yeah. But he hasn't, he hasn't got the, the winners back to me quite yet in time for recording today. So it sounds like he's going to get to actually announce them himself next week. Who are we to deny him when he's generously offering to give away free copies of his book? Um, it seems to fair. But yes. Looking yeah, forward absolutely. to it. Anyway, thank you, Rick, for coming on. We yeah. will talk to you again, I am sure. And with that, yeah. until next week, thank yeah. you, everybody, for listening. It's been a blast talking to Rick. been a blast looking at the Red Opera, which you can get on Kickstarter right now. And until next week, it's a goodbye from me, Russ. And a goodbye from me, Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Roleplayers. And... Yeah, yes, it's me. Hi, I, I, I actually just so you know, I actually bought into my own Kickstarter, of course. Uh, you know, I, I, so yes, I bought it as well. Um, but I'm Rick Hines, uh, you know, writer of the Red Opera. Thank Bye. you guys for having me so much. Uh, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. And also, I did realize one thing. I finally got to see you in person, and I never got a oh. chance to actually tell you. I still freaking play Judge Dredd and the world of 2000 AD. Like, that Excellent. shit is awesome. Like, Thank I you. love that goddamn book. Um, <laughs> and I can't believe I was like, wait a minute. No, this is a thing. Like, we still, that thing was a blast.